Oh, praise the Lord. Go ahead and have a seat, and we're going to hear from the Lord. We have been all morning already. In fact, I know that the Lord's been speaking to you already, and he's going to continue as we open the word of God. So why don't you take your Bibles and turn to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. Can I be honest and confess something to you this morning? Please. Probably not a more nervous time for me to speak than on Mother's Day. For some reason, just the thought of just speaking particularly to the women of the church makes me nervous. <laughs> and um, I actually found a visual that helps describe how I feel inside right now. Would you like to see it? Watch this. Was Abe Lincoln honest? Does this dress make my backside look big? Perhaps it's... there I am, um, especially when it comes to the topic of today, which is finding our identity in Jesus, finding our identity in God, our Father. Part of the reason it makes me nervous, um, just all joking aside, is because um, I'm a man. I was born a man and um, always have been a man. And I have yet, even though I have been studying one particular woman for 40 years, I have yet to figure out the mind of a woman. I think I can see into the heart of Robin, but I've never figured, fully figured out how she thinks and what she struggles with. Um, and so to try to think about that for you as a congregation of women that find yourselves in the family of God, it's kind of intimidating because I, I, I could speak all day long and speak right into the hearts of men because I know exactly how you think, I know what you're struggling with, I know what your sins are. But I wrestle with that with you ladies, except for this. And I know this because of conversations that I have had, I've known this because of conversations I've had inside the counseling room that one of the main things that women, especially in our community and our culture, um, in our world today struggles with, maybe the most, is who are they really? Are they, as we um, heard in the song, are they the sum of their highs and their lows? Are they who people say they are? Are they who their past says they are? Are they who their failures of the past say that they are? You know, we've been walking and through and talking about the identity that we have as believers in Christ over the last couple of weeks. And what we've seen in the scripture is that you are an extraordinary person. If you're in Christ, you're an extraordinary person because you belong to an extraordinary God. And you belong to him because he wants you to belong to him. Come on. 
It's his pleasure. It's his desire for you. And so I don't think he's okay whenever we write and sing lyrics like, I keep finding voices in my mind that say, I'm not enough. And every time, every single lie that tells me, I will never measure up. He's not okay with that because that's not what God wants for his women. It's not what God wants for his people. He doesn't want us wondering, am I more than just the sum of every high and every low? Remind me once again just who I am because I need to know. So that's what we're gonna do today. Ladies, I'm gonna remind you who you are in Jesus Christ, especially for those of you who need to know. And I'm gonna start with Isaiah 43.1. This says this, this is what the Lord says. You wanna hear from the Lord? You wanna hear what he says about you? This is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. Let's look at what else God has to say to you this morning in Ephesians chapter one. Some of this is very redundant, but it's very appropriate and relevant for today. I've actually personalized the passage, so don't ask, what version is this? You know what happened a couple of weeks ago? Is that I, I kind of rewrote a verse to make it fit what we're talking about, and, and the girls in the office wrote back and said, what version does this come from? And I said, the PBV. <laughs> and they said, what's the PBV? And I said, the Phil Byers version. And I was just goofing around, but in the notes they put PBV next to the verse. As somebody came in and said, what is the PBV? My kid was like, is it the Phil Byers version? And I said to him, no, he would never do that. <laughs> well, I did. So this is a paraphrased version, okay? What I've done is tried to personalize these passages for you just for today. Have not taken them out of context, though. I've worked very hard on that. Ephesians 1.3, let's hear what the Lord has to say about you. He says, I have blessed you in my son, Jesus Christ, with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Here it is. If you know Jesus Christ, I've got some really good news for you. God has blessed you with every spiritual blessing. personalize that because it isn't God has blessed you with every spiritual blessing God has blessed you and you and you and you wherever you are online today wherever you're joining us God has blessed you if you know him he has blessed you with every spiritual blessing and you and you and you and you and you and I could just keep going. Every single second of every single minute of every day and every month of every year, God the Father is holding out, the scripture says, all the spiritual blessings for you to enjoy. Search heaven high and low and you will not find one spiritual blessing left over that God forgot to bless you with. Okay, wow. Come on. I thought someone other than Larry 
would be excited about that. I don't think you let that, let it sink in, my friends. God has blessed you through his son, Jesus Christ, with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. He didn't leave one out. There's not some special blessing set aside for some special Christians. He has blessed his children with every spiritual blessing. All of the blessings of heaven are there for you to enjoy, and the Lord is holding them out for you, and he wants you to hear that today, and he wants you to use them. There was a woman who lived in the mid-1800s by the name of Henrietta Green. She went by the name Hetty, and she was known as the richest woman on the planet. She went by the title, America's First Female Tycoon. They also called her behind her back, the Witch of Wall Street. Here's a picture of her, and you'll understand why they called her the Witch of Wall Street. People said she was mad, bad, and tonally loony. But what characterized her life the most was this title, America's Greatest Miser. When she died in 1916, she left behind an estate valued between 100 to 200 million. If she died today and had that same estate, it would be two to four billion dollars. She died with all those riches and left them behind because you know you can't take that stuff with you. She left all those riches behind because she was a miser. They say of her that she never used what she had been physically blessed with. She was so miserly that she would never turn on the heat at her house or use the hot water because she didn't want to waste it. She wore only one black dress, as you saw in the picture, and what you didn't see in the picture was she only wore one set of underwear and would not change either until they had worn out, and that's more information that you needed. <laughs> but this is the type of woman that she was. She, she had all the money in the world but she wouldn't use it. She wouldn't even wash her hands because she didn't want to waste the water. Something wrong there. She'd eat cold oatmeal in the morning and some kind of 15-cent meat pie in the evening. It's been told that one night she spent half the night searching for a two-cent stamp. And this is so sad. When her son had a severe leg injury, she took so long trying to find a free clinic to treat him that his leg got gangrene and he had to have it amputated because of the infection. All the money in the world, all the riches she could have, all gifted with all the blessings this world can offer and she wouldn't use it, even to take care of her kid. Listen to me. And this is where I feel like Abe Lincoln a little bit here. I would like to say that some of you women, for a host of reasons, are suffering from spiritual malnutrition because you're treating your spiritual resources, all the blessings of the heavenly, all the blessings that are yours in the heavenly places, like Hetty Green treated her finances. Some of you are walking around listening to lies about who you are and limping around with spiritual amputations because 
you're refusing to use, or maybe you just don't realize the host of blessings that are yours in Christ Jesus. And for a whole pile of reasons, you're not taking advantage of the amazing spiritual resources that are available to you right now, today, to use. Listen, God is for you. And he's working on your behalf in every situation of your life, dispensing his blessing, dispensing the gifts of heaven for you to use in order to counter everything you might know of yourself or think of yourself and hear about you in this world in which we're living. He wants to help you. Those gifts are there to help you so that he can use you. He wants to prosper you. He wants to bless you. Even when things are really hard and sometimes you feel like you're hanging on by a thread, God is for you and you need to hear that and his blessings are real and available. That's what you need to hear from the voice of the Lord today. The song that we were singing just before I came on says this, you say I am loved when I don't feel a thing. True or false, ladies? It's true. It's true. First Peter 2.9 says, you are my special possession. Hear the word of the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord loud in your heart and loud in your mind and loud in your circumstances that God, our Father, who has blessed you with every spiritual blessing, thinks you're pretty special. You are my special possession. And you may not feel like it right now, but it doesn't make any, it doesn't mean it's any less true. Reality number one about you and what God has to say to you is this, I have chosen you. Look at Ephesians 1, 4. And I know we talked about this last week, but I wanna go to a bit of a different twist on it this week specifically for you ladies that are here today. Ephesians 1, 4, he says, I have chosen you in him, that is Jesus, before the foundation of the world that you should be holy and blameless before me. Ladies, I'm inviting you to bask in the glory of this incredible truth that before he created one thing in the universe, before he created even the first thing that this universe holds, God had you on his mind. That's what this verse is saying. He said, I'm going to seek you out one day and I'm going to call you by your name and I am going to save you. I'm going to take you out of the, off of the wide road that leads to death, the scripture says, and put you on the narrow road that leads to life. I'm actually going to choose you out of the many and I'm going to give you a place with me that very few will ever find. God's voice says this to you, I choose you. In fact, when you came to Jesus, it may have felt like you came to an understanding and a sense of your lostness and and you were desperate in your desperate need for forgiveness of your sins, and so you reached out to Jesus, and you chose Jesus, and in a sense, that's true. But the reality of this passage right here is that you chose God because God chose you. In fact, Jesus repeatedly said things like this, you were given to me as a gift. 
Did you know that you were you are a gift to Jesus? That's a big deal, you guys. You were given to me as a gift by my Father. You did not choose me. I chose you. He said that in John 15, 16. John 6, 44, he said this. No one can come to me unless the Father draws him by the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God comes to us and opens our hearts to the truth of God and his word. He unstops our ears and he takes the blinders off of our eyes so that we can see clearly our lost condition and make sense of the gospel. And he's done this. He works this out. He sends his Holy Spirit to you. And the day that you got saved, he sent his Holy Spirit to you because you are his special possession. The one that he chose to call your name before he created one thing on the planet. Let me ask you something. Are you saved? Yes. Okay, let me do it this way. See, these people think they sit down here and always get picked on. Are you saved? Do you know it? Are you sure? Praise the Lord. Because he thinks you're awesome and he, you're his special possession. And he saved you, okay? Um, how about, maybe this is a sensitive subject, but is everyone in your family saved? No. no? I don't think so. How about everyone in your neighborhood? Probably not. Probably not. How about um, where you work? Do you work? Not. Okay, not everybody saved. How about everyone in your, in your town? Probably not. No. no. Okay. So is it safe to say that the majority of people in your world, there's like a minority of those who are saved in your world? So what makes you so special? Because God chose me. Because God chose okay, me. Say it louder and let the microphone pick you up. <laughs> because God chose me. Exactly right. That's exactly right. Amen. And we may ask ourselves the question, you know, if you think about the fact that the majority of the people around you in your world are not saved, Do you get up every morning and say, of course I'm saved. I am very special. <laughs> it's just the opposite, right? In fact, our salvation creates a humility. And thank you for letting me. No problem. Yeah. Our salvation and this reality really humbles us and brings us to a point where we're like, why did you save me? And he may even ask the question, out of all the people in the world, I mean, it's like, let's just say that everyone here is unsaved. Everyone here is unsaved. And this is the picture, okay? We're all sitting in a stadium like this. And God stands at the pulpit, and this is what he says. I'm going to declare all that are mine. And he starts calling your name. And you stand. And in the, in the stadium of the world, there are very few. And so you ask yourself the question, why me? Why did you choose me? Why did you call my name? And the answer is this, I don't know. I really don't know. Because I don't deserve it. All I know is that he called my name and I heard his voice that day and I answered the call. Okay, I'm gonna pause right here and just say, 
You may be sitting here today and you don't know the Lord and you know it. You may be visiting wherever you are visiting online with us and you know in your heart that you don't know the Lord. I want you to know something. You're here today and you're joining us today because the Lord Jesus Christ, through the voice of the Father, through the Holy Spirit, is calling your name because you're his special possession and he wants you to come to him. Come to him today. Answer the call like the rest of us have. What a special thing that is. The song goes on to say, when I don't belong, you say I am yours. That's what he says. Sometimes you may feel like, I don't know where I belong. I don't fit in anywhere. Everything's screwed up in my family. Everything's screwed up in my world and things have fallen apart all around me. And so I don't know where I belong. Well, the Lord knows where you belong, and the Lord says that you are mine. Reality number two is in verse five of Ephesians chapter four. This is the voice of the Lord. You're mine because I have adopted you. I love you so much, in verse five, that I decided in advance to adopt you into my family by bringing you to myself, and I did this because I wanted to, and it brings me great pleasure. How awesome is that? That's the voice of the Lord to you today. I love this. Every single one of us is born into a natural family. But sometimes things go really bad. And when a home falls apart, the children are the broken pieces. And sometimes for various and sometimes very painful reasons, Someone looks at one or more of these children, sees that they need rescuing, and decides to love that child and to adopt that child into their family. And that's a very selfless and sacrificial thing to do. It's a very loving thing to do, especially if the adoption means you're rescuing that child out of a horrible family situation. So let me ask you this question when it relates to what we're talking about here, the adoption into God's family. Before you were in God's family, Where did you find your belonging? Who did you belong to? Who was your father? Before the father of God, God the father, adopted you into his family. Well, this is painful to hear, but in John 8, 44, the scripture says that you are the children of your father, the devil, and you love to do the evil things that he does. That's a stark reality. Who wants to hear that on Mother's Day? But just hang on because the good news is coming. Satan had a death grip on you and you were completely lost in your sinful condition. The scripture says in 2 Corinthians 4, 4, Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news and they don't understand this message about the glory of Christ. That's why the Holy Spirit has to come and release you because Satan has you. Before we came to Christ, you couldn't come to Christ because Satan has the blinders on you. And you can't even understand one thing about righteousness or the scriptures without the work of the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 2, 1 says, you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you once walked and you followed the course of this world, following the prince and the power of the air. That is Satan himself. That's who your father was. That's who you belong to. There was your identity, was lostness and darkness and blindness and a child of the devil. But hang on, 
here comes the good news. Ephesians 2, 4. But God, who being rich in mercy, and because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together in Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him, that's salvation, and then seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. There's your adoption. Somebody needs to shout a big praise to the Lord right now for the adoption that you have in Jesus Christ. Don't say ever again that I don't belong to someone or to something or to some place. You're a child of God, and he adopted you to be, in fact, he predestined it, which means he thought about before it ever happened, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna reach down into history, and I'm going to adopt you as my child. I'm gonna rescue you out of your horrible family condition that you find yourself in. Got one more in you? The song went on to say, you say I am held when I am falling short. Can't tell you how broken my heart is over women who struggle from the sins of the past and the mistakes that they have made or the mess that they have made of their lives. And ladies, you feel much more deeply than men. I do know that. And when it comes to this, it's unfortunate that you feel deep, more deeply than men. Men have a tendency to say, hey, that's it, I admit it, I'm sorry, and they could just get up and move on. Not so much for you, am I right? But the voice of the Lord says, I'm holding you. And the reality, number three, that we're looking at in Ephesians, verse seven, is because I forgive you. Ephesians 1, 7 says, I have redeemed you by the blood of my son, Jesus, and have forgiven you all your sins. Okay, so let's just stop. We're studying God's word here. Do words matter in God's word? Has God put exactly the words he wants to say in here or are these just things man has added for emphasis? No, it is God who wants you to know today that when you come to him and you ask for forgiveness and you repent of your sins, God says, I have forgiven you all, all of your sins. According to the riches of my grace, which I have, here's the word, I have lavished upon you. Unmerited favor. You didn't deserve it. Yeah, you did some things wrong. Yeah, you were a sinner. Yeah, you kind of blew it. Yeah, you shouldn't have made that decision. But when you come before the Lord and you ask for his forgiveness, he forgives you. The Bible says that forgiveness means from God that he takes your sins from you, casts them as far as the east is from the west, which is infinity, buries them in the deepest sea, and he will remember them against you no more. So stop bringing them up in your own head. Stop reminding yourself. And when people of your world, 
When you're trying to get attraction for your spiritual walk, they come to you and say, hey, don't forget how bad you screwed up. You just turn to them and said, you're right, I did. In humility, say, you're right, I did. But you gotta know something, and, and maybe you need to hear this. If you confess your sin, he is faithful and just and will forgive you your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And he will take it all away. And that's really good news. God loves you so much that while you were still sinners, Christ died for you. Listen, sisters, all of your sins have been forgiven. You've been washed white as snow, saved from the judgment and wrath of God towards your sin. At that point, when you confessed your sin before him, your names were written in the Lamb's book of life. And now you get to stand at the great reward ceremony before Christ instead of the great white throne judgment before God. My sisters, through the work of Jesus on the cross, God lavishes and pours out his grace, his love and his mercy into your lives. The wonderful riches and gifts of his grace that are limitless are yours. That's really good news and that should ignite your heart and your soul and should put a new song in your mouth. Set your feet to dancing because he's taken it from you. First Peter 1, 4 says, we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled. What that means is you can't do anything to mess it up. He's holding it pure and undefiled for you, and it's beyond the reach of change and decay. Yeah, the world and your past and the people in your world have a lot to say about who you are. But none of that matters. Good or bad, none of that matters. What matters is, what does he say about you? What I wanna ask you is, do you believe what he says of you? Don't listen to that voice in your head telling you that you're not enough. Don't listen to your emotions about your past. Don't listen to the voices of others. Don't listen to the voices of our culture who says you'll never measure up. Don't listen to the voices of your past failures. Listen to the strong voice of God today so that you can sing these lyrics. The only thing that matters now is everything you think of me. In you, I find my worth. In you, I find my identity. There it is right there. There's the true voice that you ought to listen to. Your identity is in Christ. And all the richest blessings of God and all that in the heavenly places have been lavished upon you because he loves you and because you are his. One one version of the scripture says, just because he wants to. That's pretty special. So can I ask you a couple of questions as I wrap it up here? Are you in Christ? That's a big question right there. And what I mean by that is, do you know him as your savior? Have you humbled your heart and asked for his forgiveness?
Have you heard the voice of the Holy Spirit convicting you of your condition and convicting you of your sin? Can you point to a time in your life when you repented of your sins and you woke up to your condition before God? If not, the invitation for you, my invitation to you, God's invitation for you is listen to his voice because he's calling out to you today. You would not be here listening to this message if he did not want to speak to you. You're here today because he, by his Holy Spirit, wants to speak into you. Will you listen to his voice and will you humble yourself and will you confess your sin and repent of your sin and receive the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and receive all the spiritual blessings we've been talking about that are reserved for those who love him? I want to invite you to come to Jesus today. The Bible says that today if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. And you'd be like, I don't know what that hearing his voice means. Had that conversation with a young man last week. I'm not sure I know if it's me or the Holy Spirit. I said, well, if it's leading you to righteousness, it's the Holy Spirit. Because your heart won't lead you to righteousness. And so if something's leading you to get right with God or to dedicate your heart to the Lord or to confess your sin, in fact, Satan is doing every, you need to know that Satan is doing everything he can to keep you from hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit. He doesn't want you to know that you're lost. He doesn't want you to know that you're a sinner and that you need salvation. He doesn't want you to know that he's your father and it's a very broken family that you're in. So if you're here today and you hear his voice, open your heart, open your ears because the spirit is taking the blinders or removing the blinders off of your eyes and the eyes of your heart so that you can see that you need Jesus. And we would love to help you with that. If you're in Christ and you realize all he's given you and blessed you with, the natural response is to bring him praise and glory by the way that you think about who you are, translated by the way that you live. By living the victorious and holy, blameless life that he called you to so many years ago. Question is, are you letting his truth, the truth of his voice about who you are, and the power that is at yours to live victoriously in this life, are you letting that reign in your life or are you letting other voices reign in your life? Is his power at work in you, reigning in you? In fact, all that God did for you in the past should motivate you to live out in his power the amazing life of godliness in the present. I wonder... Have you been living the miserly life? The Henrietta Green life? Richest person on the planet living like she's poor. Won't even turn on the stove to cook your oatmeal. Is that what's going on? You have all the riches of heaven poured upon you, blessings pouring out, being lavished upon you, and yet you're serving yourself and you're living for yourself, and you're not living for God, and igniting the fires of the Holy Spirit's power in your life. 
Have you lost sight of the blessings because you're blinded by the stress of your current conditions? That happens to us a lot. Some of you may not even know how to process and reconcile this message in light of your painful trial that you're finding yourself in right now. I just want to tell you, the the voice of the Lord wants to tell you, you don't need to live in defeat. It's hard. Life is hard, and life deals us some pretty hard blows. And some of the decisions we've made or some other people have made on our behalf have screwed our lives up, and we have to live with some of the scars of all of that. But you don't have to live in the defeat of that. We can live in victory over it because of the many blessings that he has given to us. And if you need help with that, you need to reach out into God's word and reach out to people who can help you find in God's word how you can live victoriously over all of that. God is calling out to you to understand these truths today because he loves you. And the Bible tells us that his love is abounding in gracious gifts for you to enjoy. And we love you too. As a body of Christ, what a fun thing it is to be part of a group of people. What a horrible thing it is to have to go through some of the hard blows of this life alone. And people all over the world are having to go through that by themselves, alone. We need to reach out to them and help them. Because we have hope to offer. We have life to offer them. And we actually have the voice of the Lord. I hope that you're encouraged in the fact that you can find your identity in Christ, not in anything else. Everything else will disappoint you, but the Lord will never disappoint you. Let's all stand together. And ladies, um, we're gonna all close our eyes and bow our heads as I I want to pour some things over you as we leave here and you may even I know this is a little weird and awkward but you may even want to just symbolically open your hands as though you're receiving a gift because I want to lay in your hands the gift of the voice of the Lord as we leave today hear the voice of the Lord in your life In his kindness, God called you to share in his eternal glory. So after you have suffered a little while, he will restore, support, and strengthen you, and he will place you on a firm foundation. What we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory that he will reveal to us later. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen, For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. And there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. So take a new grip with your tired hands and strengthen your weak knees. For this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid. For I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. And Father, I thank you so much for the truth that you give to us. I thank you for the truth of your love, the knowledge that we have of how much you love us. And I pray that for all of my sisters in the room today, that you will touch them with the truth that you have called them by name. 
and that they are yours. They are your special possession. Use them powerfully. Strengthen them where they are weak. Comfort them when their hearts are broken. Encourage them when they don't feel like they're enough to know that they have everything in you. And bless them, I pray. In Jesus' powerful name, amen. So I'm four minutes early, so I think we're just gonna hang out. (laughs) What I wanna say is this. Gotcha. What I wanna say is this. I got everybody giving me hand signals. I'm gonna tell you what those hand signals are here in just a second. If you need help with anything in your life, if you wanna come to know Jesus, we wanna help you with that. Just reach out to us. If you need some prayer this morning because you're in a hard situation, if you wanna dedicate something to the Lord, you just come on forward and let us help you with that. Our prayer team will be here standing waiting. So the final thing is this, the most important thing of all. Write out only. Right out only. So when you get out there, we have a lot of people here, and I guess both parking lots are jammed full. And so um, in order to get everybody where they need to be, the police are out there, and we'll only let you go to the right. And I know if you live in the north, you got to go all the way around the block, I know. But it's Mother's Day. Go on a joyride with your mom, all right? Love you. God bless you.